Hello, and welcome to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I am your host, Vin Diesel, and with me today is my co-host, Paul Walker. Do you think this is a fucking joke? Do you think yes. this whole freaking <laughs> podcast is a fucking joke, dude? We are right. Fast and Furious. Damn, I should have uh, saved that intro for when we do the Fast I'm, and the Furious. Uh, our actual intro is that I'm Ken, and with me today is my... Barbie. Uh, oh, no, Barbie. Alan. I'm Alan. My, my passenger princess. Hi, I'm Andrew. With me is Scott. Hey. Uh, all right. Short news segment today. Very short. Because I guess not a lot of shit really is going on. Nothing worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, first up, Rachel Ziegler. She's back out there in the news. Uh, she's been ousted from a major role. Rachel Ziegler is off of Paddington 3. Uh, the rumor going around. Well, I guess let's start with the official. The official thing is that because of the SAG after strike, she can't actually film. So they have replaced her with another actress. Uh, because they filmed pretty much everything and they need to like get the movie out to make their money back. Yeah. Uh, the rumor though is that she was removed because of the Snow White press and the negativity surrounding her uh, in the press. Yeah. I, I could see, I mean, yeah, I don't know how much credence there is to that, but I could also see that totally being a thing because I don't know if you're aware, I'm sure you are, but Paddington is... And incredibly, like, that, that's a high-end franchise. I mean, according to the unbearable weight of massive talent, Paddington 2 is one of the top three movies of all time. <laughs> do, do you know do, do you know what what Paddington has for reviews? Like, Paddington 2 has for reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I know people love it. It, so, from top critics... It has a 100%. That is out of 65 reviews from top critics. From all critics, this is 253 reviews, it has a 99%. Wow. Highly, highly regarded film franchise. They cannot besmirch their name. They can't have any controversy. So, they ousted Rachel. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I think we'll also see a little bit more... um of the Rachel Ziegler effect, be that an actual effect or it just being a uh, talk in the wind. Whenever the new uh, Hunger Games movie comes out, because mm-hmm. if I remember right, I think she has a pretty prominent role in that. And people uh, she, were saying she, that they didn't want to see it because she was in it. Yeah, she's one of the main characters. And that's uh, my thing is like, uh, I get it. Like, I get why people are upset with her over like the Snow White controversy, but I'm like, I'm not going to let that prevent me from seeing any other movie she's been in. Like, I don't know. I think people get to well, get their panties in a bunch. In any particularly good movies. Yeah. Yeah. She really, um, what else was she in? I don't even really remember. She was in uh, West Side Story. That's I that's what it was. That was like the only other. That was like uh, kind of what launched her career, from what I understand. There was one more, but I can't remember what it was. I remember it was like a middling movie as well. Yeah, um, but no, because like 
I don't know. I was at least intrigued by the new Hunger Games movie. I, I'm, I'm going to see kind of what people are saying about it and then maybe see it. I don't know. It depends. I, I don't think I'm going to spend money to go see it. And uh, Oh, she's in Shazam. That was the other one. Oh, yeah. But I don't know that I'll go see unless it's, it's getting like rave reviews. I don't know that I'm going to spend money to Here's go see it. About the Hunger Games series. Once you've watched Battle Royale, Hunger Games doesn't hold That's, a candle to it. Yeah, Hunger Games really is just a, a reskinned Battle Royale. It's a very YA. Uh, very. Uh, I was gonna say it's um, a watered a watered down made to for thirteen year olds. Yeah. Um, which I've got no interest in. If I'm being honest, I I read the books and they were they were all right. They were kind of forgettable. I feel like a lot of young adult books well, I've you've read, read in my the life. Hunger Games books, but you haven't read Dune? Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Listen, this is a long what time ago. You you got to remember, I grew up in a household of majority women who were all who were all reading young adult novels. So a lot of the shit I had to pick I know up. Know your dad? And Don't my dad doesn't. Him. My dad doesn't read. He plays shooters all the time. He's a man's man. Do you do you want to know the only books I've my dad? I've never seen your dad without a beard. Do you, yeah. Do you want to know? Do you want to know the only <laughs> books my dad ever read? What? Tom fucking Clancy. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Those were the only my mom. My mom would be so happy because he would be reading Tom Clancy. She'd be like, "At least he's fucking reading," because he he. Other than that, he he didn't really read anything. Oh or it, it was Tom. A slob. I just found rice from there on my shirt. Oh my god! This can't take this guy anywhere. He would read I've Tom read Clancy, Dune, or he would he would read, or he would read game like video game magazines and guides and shit. That, that was it. That was it. But yeah, so a lot of the, the shit obviously was young adult. Luckily, I I was introduced because I, I can't remember my older sister. She was reading The Hobbit for some reason, and that was my intro into Tolkien. I picked up The Hobbit and I read through The Hobbit, and that got me on that. And that that let me. I don't even think anyone else in my family has read Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but I got The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. That that was that was what took me down that that path. Uh, we're, we're off topic here. I the other message is Rachel that uh, yesterday was the testing of the, the emergency alert. The national emergency alert. Hey, if you're vaxxed out there, welcome to the zombie club. Um, I don't know why this was news, honestly. Uh, So I just, everyone was going off about it. Um... A lot of people were talking about it because there was like a major, obviously a QAnon sort of conspiracy page that got a lot of traction. And they were like, there was also, I can't remember. I think he's, I think he's like a lawyer or something, a major QAnon or like right wing lawyer who like posted a video. Both of them, this Twitter page and that guy were like trying to show evidence of like, hey, there's evidence that the COVID-19 vaccine, especially the Pfizer, um, it like uh, something about it deleting some sort of gene that has been proven, at least according to them, to uh, like cause zombie like states or, uh, or like, I don't know, they're basically saying like 
when you were injected with the vaccine, it injected you with all this like dormant, like other dormant viruses or whatever, and that the signal off of this emergency alert was going to like activate it. And one of the things was it was going to turn us into zombies. It was completely ridiculous. My other thing is they were like trying to like state as a source articles or stuff from the CDC. And so like, my thing is, okay, if you're going to state the CDC as a source, but also refute what the CDC has said about the vaccine or any of their mandates or anything, like you got to pick and choose. Like you can't credit them as a credible source, but also refute exactly everything they say about the vaccine or what's going on with it. it it's absolute brain dead, ultra right wing QAnon nonsense. That's all. It's, that's all it is. I can't believe you made us talk about this for news. Hey, it was it was news. There, I there are talking about there are this. there are legitimate people in my office here who believed this. At least one or two. Yeah, but you live in the Midwest. I do. I live in the Midwest. There are country bumpkins out there. There are some blowing their sisters. There, there, there are, there are some. That's more. That's more of the. That's more of Alabama. I had a bit I wanted us to do. Uh huh. Where, uh, like, off, off mic, I was gonna be like, Scott, let's download these AI girlfriend apps, and then we can talk about what our AI girlfriends are up to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And uh, yeah, that. That never came to fruition, but I still think that would be funny. We could. We should come up with some sort of bits to do. Um, okay, enough of this dog shit, dude. Let's talk about the reanimator movies. Yeah, we're going from... First one, zo- reanimator, zombies, zombies created by a 5G signal to zombies created by a, a serum. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you, we're we're segueing, dude. We're just segueing. It's a vaccine from death, dude. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he he always referred to it as his what reagent, I, I believe. Death, death is a disease. It yeah. can be cured. Yeah. Um. As a whole, I like this series. I think it goes from best to worst. <laughs> <laughs> Two thirds of it is pretty good, and then one third of it is uh, like the only note I took was like porn acting. Yeah, um, I mean, I just want to say, throughout this entire series, I feel like they're finding any opportunity to rip a woman's shirt open and begin compressions. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Dude. I was dying. So I'm just like, you have, you'll have like every a, movie, dude titties everywhere and you just have like you have a woman who like comes in and she'll be like ah shit I'm faint like I fainted or like I, I'm, I'm dead and they're just like they just immediately like she's always got a button down shirt and they're just like rip it open chest compressions get the paddles let's fucking go um but no I reanimator alright so let's talk about the first one first yeah <laughs> <laughs> reanimator just um, reanimator this is your first time watching this whole series yeah um i did not know what i was in for i had an idea that it was about uh, uh, like i kind of knew the premise it's a scientist who's like working on bringing 
dead people or dead tissue back to life. Yeah. Yeah, this is very much a Lovecraftian take on... Uh, Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, which, uh, I would say, I would say the first one. I definitely like thought, kind of thought about it. I was like, okay, like I could see some inspiration. The second one, for sure, felt like they were leaning on like some Frankenstein inspiration very heavily. But the first one, it it felt a little, it felt newer. It did feel a little bit. It it felt a little bit more. Yeah, I think uh, out of separated from least- it. The first one definitely stands up the best. Um, yeah. It also, um, uh, like all three of these, I think, as far as uh, genre goes, they're all like horror, comma, black humor or dark humor or whatever. Yeah. Um, the first one definitely feels like they do a lot of really interesting things. Um, so you see like a gradual escalation obviously uh you see this the movie opens with a dude's like head exploding <laughs> yeah i i do want to say first off the practical effects in this are great yeah this one and the second one i think the effects are very good yeah um for sure uh, like even just like that with that opening scene I was like holy shit like they just went in immediately on this dude's just like head bulging and uh, exploding everywhere yeah the fucking eyes popping out is always yeah. interesting no um yeah it was I the the two or two main actors um, who do we got? Uh, it is Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs, Bruce Abbott, Bruce Abbott. Um, uh, I thought they were, I thought they were fantastic. I think Jeffrey Combs kills it as like this very stoic kind of creepy yeah. doctor. So he plays Herbert West, who is, uh, the reanimator in yeah. the Lovecraft story that this is based on. It's I called, think uh, the story uh, is actually titled Herbert it's West, Herbert West re- reanimator. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking at that after I finished them today. It is. Yeah. It is titled Herbert West. I meant to read it before we did this, but I got distracted and completely forgot to. But uh, so I can't really talk about like how well it compares to that story. Uh, Yeah. But being as this is taking place in the '80s, I think they probably did take some liberties with it. But they do really well with like ruining it in the Lovecraftian sort of world. So it takes place in the like town, I guess, of Arkham. Dan and his girlfriend and I guess even West are going to Miskatonic University which we've seen referenced in other movies as well so in uh, in Color Out of Space specifically uh, I can't remember who it's probably the main doctor kid the one played by uh, what's his name Knight oh yeah Uh, he is wearing uh, I think a sweatshirt at one point that says Miskatonic on it. Oh, and that nice. like college I didn't, font. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So uh we'll throwback. Yeah, that's all very good. Yeah, because I mean all that's just coming straight from uh Lovecraft. Yeah. Um but no, I thought I thought both both Jeffrey Combs and Bruce I mean, even in Batman, were... which more people are probably more uh familiar with. 
Arkham Asylum comes from the Lovecraftian idea of Arkham being this like home of insanity, basically. Mm -hmm. So like all the crazy people in Gotham get thrown into Arkham Asylum because they're mad. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that, that's definitely. Um, yeah, Bruce Abbott. Also good, the... good, good casting. He he definitely. Uh, oh, I I just I just enjoyed his character. He definitely like you could tell he's kind of like apprehensive at first. And then he starts like kind of getting into it as he begins to experience loss. Yeah, like he, it feels like he has a very grounded character, right? So like mm -hmm. West is obviously this uh, possibly some touch of the tism kind of guy. Like doesn't say, entirely he, read social situations. Well, quite, it, right? it's so he is so uh, content with being alone. He does not care for like interpersonal relationships. He only cares about himself and his work. Yeah, like he only cares about furthering the work and curing curing death. So he, at whatever cost it takes, like he would, I, I would even guess that he wouldn't care. I mean, it. I, I did all, uh, also kind of notice this throughout the the first two. Is like he, it seems like he does kind of develop a, a relationship or at least some sort of caring for um, Dan. Because he at least does like uh, you know I think I think yeah, in the like second one to get stabbed would be a exactly possibly um, but I I don't know I think if Dan did get in the way up, of stop. him progressing I've got work. breaking news oh shit our friend Jake is playing Baldur's Gate three oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um the dog like that yeah fuck that guy though uh anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think if Dan was to get in Jake, if you uh, Herbert, this, Herbert, love you. Herbert's way, I think he would give up Dan in order to yeah. uh, to further his work. But also, like as uh, like character foils of each other, because they're both college students, they're both male, uh, they both have something they're passionate about. Um, Dan is the like empath. He is like mm -hmm. very emotionally connected to the people and what's going on around him. Uh, whereas in West, you have like the inverse of that. You have this guy that like only cares about the one thing he cares about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like it, it's it's clear Dan's a ladies man. He's got all the ladies. Uh, you know, he's got a girlfriend, a new girlfriend every movie. <laughs> yeah, all two of them. <laughs> um, sometimes multiple new girlfriends in the same movie um, but yeah uh, I thought the, the girl who plays Megan I think is also very good they make some throwbacks too to like classic uh, zombie movies so Night of the Living Dead opens up with I think a brother and a sister in a graveyard and the brother's like, Barbara, I'm coming to get you, Barbara. And she's like, stop, no, and like kind of runs away. Uh, and then like the zombies show up and that's like Night of the Living Dead. Like that's a classic George Romero kind of movie. Yeah. Um, in this, because it's dealing with the same themes, right? Like the dead coming back to life, but... <clears throat> I think whereas in Night of the Living Dead, it's like 
an astrological phenomenon like a comet flies over and something i don't know something goofy mm-hmm. happens and like the dead come back to life whereas in this it's like it's one man's actions that cause yeah. everything no i was gonna say i think that i think that could be something that sets it apart um in a way is the in a lot of um in a lot of older uh i feel like uh, zombie or or living dead movies it is like some sort of external force that does it. Whereas in this one, you have this guy who's like entire, he, 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 cause he knows, he definitely knows. I feel like he, he can tell kind of what he's doing is wrong. He's causing a lot of issues. I, I think he just continually, he's like, he's like, we're almost there. He's like, yes, I'm, I'm fucking shit up. I'm uh, mur- like, people are dying because of what I'm doing, but I'm so close to like actually coming to like a full-on cure for death um yeah versus like there being an external force like he's just this dude who like is so like he's so determined to do this at whatever cost yeah absolutely so um i also like a pretty big aspect of these movies is the physical comedy um so there are points where uh, you'll go from like some really dark stuff like the cat right mm-hmm. so the cat at one point shows up and it's dead uh, yeah. they're like oh where's the cat there's a whole little scene where they're looking for the cat and it turns out that the cat is dead in Wes's little mini fridge in his uh, room that he rents from Dan yeah um Then, like later that night, Dan hears an otherworldly yowling and goes down in the basement and finds uh, finds West like being attacked basically by this like feral black shadow basically, and yeah. they shoot it in a really interesting way where it's only lit by a hanging light from the ceiling and it's mm-hmm. like shaking back and forth because you know there's a fucking cat flying around the room um and they're able to get away with like the hunting down the cat and then just kind of like bashing at random things and being like there it is bash 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 because every time the light swings and then swings away and they're in shadow they like knock shit over you know and it like really builds the tension of that scene um, but there's so much comedy in that because at one point yeah. one of them grabs the cat and fucking th- slams it into the wall and there's yeah. just like a blood stain on the wall <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that recurs in every movie like they do a callback to that because I, god which one was it um, the dog there's the dog in the second movie. No, there's the dog in the second one. I, I was talking about like flinging something into a wall with like a blood splatter. There's one I think that's yeah. like a, someone's head that they just like someone just like takes the head and just fucking like flings it by the hair into a fucking wall. Um, I feel like it was the second one. It's like the security guard who's like walking back to like check on shit or something, and a head just comes flying and like smacks the wall. And there's a splatter. And he just like is like what? Oh. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's like not my problem. Yeah, the uh, the black uh, 
yeah, I guess he'd just be like a security guard, but for the morgue. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, com- yeah, he comes yeah. like walking back from like getting a sandwich or something and uh-huh. that happens and he just like fucking turns around. Yeah, he's like he's like not my he's like not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many like little moments like that, which is just like something physical happens and then like someone's reaction to it, or just like the thing itself is like it's just fucking funny, man. And like those mm-hmm. jokes land. Um, yeah. or whenever the, uh, the head surgeon, the head surgeon, uh, gets beheaded and Wes is doing the experiments on the head and the body and he can't get the head to stand up straight. So he has one of those, like, I don't know what they're called, but it's like a weighted base with a needle kind of sticking up on it that you s- stick notes on, right? Yeah. You just yeah. like stick your notes through it. And after he like tries to set the head up like three times, it just keeps falling over. He looks at that, pulls the notes off, sticks the head on that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. There's just something funny about that. Yeah. Like West is so brutally pragmatic, right? Um, mm-hmm. Him constantly being that driving force with like, we will never get our specimen more fresh than this. And then like it, Eventually, you realize, like, yeah, it doesn't matter how fresh you get it. They're going to be fucked up when you do this to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, the first one is uh, kind of tragic, right? Because his girlfriend dies in the end. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend's dad is dead. Uh... I think before they knew they were going to make an- another movie, like, West is basically dragged off screen yeah um yeah they they do that to him a lot they're basically just like he's dead i think the the, only the third one is the one where he like walks off into the night whereas like the first one he's like dragged in by a fucking tentacle the second one he's like buried alive under rubble yeah but nah like they're finally like the third one the third one they're like yeah he gets to walk off in the night and then they just didn't have another one they were like, this is the one time he no, actually lives. Actually, I think there was a script for um, another one that they put out in like 2022 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I just don't know. I don't know that there's enough interest in it, right? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, after... Here's a Screen Rant article from uh, 2020. And uh, an unmade fourth saw the resurrection of President George W. Bush. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so I don't even I don't even know what to make of this. Should we should we write our own script and film our own reanimator? I just we could do it. Oh, here's something kind of interesting. Uh, it would have been called House of Reanimator. Uh, mm-hmm. Plans for it first emerged in 2006, right in the uh, in the middle of the presidency of George W. Bush. It seems almost quaint to remember. Blah 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 blah. Uh, so Dan would have come back. Uh-huh. 
Um, the story would have revolved around a very Bush-esque president that dies in office during his term, leading the government to enlist Herbert West in his reagent serum in order to revive the POTUS. Uh, while the president in question wouldn't have explicitly been George W. Bush. Uh, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so... Um, um yeah. I thought I I did read something about there was like uh there was an idea for another another one that was like the island of the reanimator or something basically like being on this island of just like terrible fucking creations. Yeah, like like these chimera creatures. It's based off of um what's the, the there's island a novel Dr. Moreau or Yes, yeah, it was supposed to be inspired by that, but like done in the reanimator with like West and all them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, it was it is reanimator was great, a, a good I think a good classic '80s horror. Yeah, big film. blood effects too. Um, big which big is boobies everywhere. Because, oh yeah, boobies all over the place. I, I think we. All of these. We we had that conversation before we filmed where any opportunity any opportunity they got was to rip open a a, a an actress's shirt and give her compressions or the paddles. For sure. Um but yeah, the blood effects. There's also uh the morgue scenes where like the dude the first dude that they put the serum into starts mm -hmm. just beating the shit out of them yeah and he's just hog out <laughs> oh yeah dude he is just i mean i mean i'm a pretty lot... sure there's a scene or two that's just like full hog on display <laughs> I, I was gonna say i was gonna say the the first one definitely i was sitting there and i was like man it's just like a whole lot of naked dead people running around yeah um beating the shit out of the living um and and even the dead in some respects but um no yeah that that scene where that dude just beat the shit out of them and they just take the fucking bone salt his fucking guts yeah just stick it all the way through him yeah yeah that was that was pretty good I, I, when i was watching that i was like damn yeah they're they're practical effects like the blood and everything that they're doing are, are top notch yeah especially for like i mean i would i would even say like it would kind of hold up today yeah, uh, but especially agree. for especially for an '80s movie, I think they were they were fantastic practical effects. I think the only things that could be like a little better would be like the animals, like the cat yeah. has a very stuffed cat kind of look. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we can talk about the bat in the second one. Yeah. Um, oh, we'll, we'll have some stuff to talk about uh, the bat, the dog. <laughs> oh my god, dude, the dog. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, it sound it feels like we're about done with this first one though i will say this is the one i like the most this is the one that like yeah. when i first found it i was like this is a fucking gem dude i no, never thought that I, I would like a movie this much i i will say the one thing that threw me off with it was right at the end when i'm just like pretty much the entire movie you have like no signs that there's really a whole lot else going on other than like these like they're reviving these dead people who are like kind of coming back as zombies with like I don't know sometimes they like they bubble and explode or do whatever so it kind of the, the very end threw me off with the fucking uh, was it 
is it Dr. Hill's body? I, I can't remember whose body. I think it is Hill's body. I think um, so. That, like, busts open in the middle, and there's just, like, a fucking, uh, like, an intestine tentacle that comes out and wraps Dr. West, or wraps West up. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, I was just kind of like, that's really weird that, like, none of these other bodies, like, have this, like, any sort of other well, weird thing on. Well, argument to be made that, like... He uh, was different. Yeah. But, like, him and his very... Like, th- there is that discussion about, like, human will, right? Mm-hmm. And you have these, like, two wills pitted against each other. You have uh, Dr. Hill and Herbert West. Mm-hmm. And Hill is this narcissist fucking creep. Yeah. Um like disgustingly evil individual yeah um i mean i was gonna say like the almost like neutral evil of what herbert west right if we're putting this in like D terms like yeah uh he's trying to raise the dead but he's like misled because he doesn't realize that like the thing that comes back isn't human because he straight up does not believe in the soul right yeah um he thinks that like we are merely flesh and blood and it's just a biological process right i think that's Mm -hmm. what they say multiple times um and i think eventually you realize like oh no like what's coming back has been affected by wherever your humanity goes when you're dead Um, yeah which i would i would say that's a pretty lovecraftian idea yeah Um, definitely um no, yeah, Hill's definitely a creep because I, I was just thinking about he he basically almost just like straight up, uh, you know, assaults uh, oh, I, Meg. He, yeah, he straight so, up there, assaults her. Yeah, yeah, he. I mean, yeah. Luckily, you know, they they kind of come in to save the day because she's strapped down on the table, uh, tits out. Bush. Oh, 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 everything. Yeah, I mean, she's Bush. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And luckily, before his before his decapitated body can commit unspeakable acts, he he has stopped. But yeah, the dude was a creep for sure. And the bushes do match the drape. The oh drugs match the drapes, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would give this. I'd give it an eight point seven. Wow, that's higher I than I expected it. from you. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this first one, for sure. You know, I'm a big old copycat. I'm also gonna give it an eight point seven. Hell yeah, yeah, good good quality. Stuff. I think it's really up there. I think it's a horror movie that stands up. Yeah, um, especially in like today's kind of watered down mm-hmm. cinema experience. Um, this thing is like full throttle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the parts when it's scary actually hold a lot of suspense and some real terror. And the parts that are funny are like legitimately funny. Yeah. Um, Bride of Reanimator now, I think, is a little bit more self-aware. I'm not sure that Reanimator had humor as like a major facet of it intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were putting humor in there in certain parts. Uh, just because they're like, oh, this is so ridiculous. Like, he got to laugh at something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bride of Reanimator seems a little bit more uh, aware of itself and 
a little more campy, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's certain things that just get a little weird. Uh, also came out. So the first one came out in 85. Bride came out in 1990. Uh, 89. This one's saying. Did it? Rotten Tomatoes says 1989. Oh, that's weird. IMDb says 1990. Weird. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, apparently it didn't even hit streaming until 2014. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Either way, 89, 90, somewhere on there. Yeah. Uh, but this one picks up not too long after the first one. I believe I read it was eight months. It's eight months after the first one. After um, the... Uh, after Reanimator. The so- I can't remember what they call it. They refer to the event in the movie it's like the something massacre. The, yeah the um I think it's the name the, of the hospital yeah isn't it well the hospital I think is the name of the the same say it has the same name of the, the university right the Miskatonic Massacre that would make sense yes that's what it was the Miskatonic Massacre um yeah and we we I, we basically start out I think I believe it's Peru is where uh Dan and Herbert West are yeah um Helping, well, they're they're basically field doctors, field medics for uh, one of the armies in the Civil War there, um, and they are using the they're they're continuing their research on the uh, the wounded and dying soldiers in this war. And there, they also introduce the character of Francesca, uh, an Italian girl. Mm-hmm. who is also I think helping out with stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't he know, is I, there. I don't know if she was like acting as a field nurse or what there, but uh, they knew her there. Yeah. I, I assume she's doing something um, there with the uh, with like the, the doctors and medics or whatever, but yeah. I don't yeah. remember her like carrying around a gun or anything, so no. Uh, but in this one, we see a return of our villain, Dr. Carl Hill. Uh, another, uh, I don't know, not intruding force, but like another uh, outside force that's coming in is Lieutenant Leslie Chapham, who is uh, his wife was one of the dead bodies that gets brought back at the massacre so he's trying to figure out what happened there yep um pretty interesting little flip there too a little subversion of expectation yeah um but so this seems just like an expansion of the themes we see in the first one you see west moving on from like trying to bring back the dead to like trying to create his own creations mm-hmm. and some of them are pretty fucking ridiculous like the eyeball finger spider (laughs) uh yeah he does something he does go connecting an arm to a leg yeah he he goes a little little out there um 
Yeah, he definitely has gone to a point of, uh, and I think it's pretty clear, he goes from kind of just like, hey, I'm experimenting on, like, bringing back... I'm trying to save people by bringing them back yeah. from the dead. Yeah, and, and I assume part of his inspiration here, and I think I think he does mention it, is uh, Dr. Hill, um, I think, inspires him, or, or seeing Dr. Hill, seeing his, his head separated from his body, both act independently. And so I think yeah. he realizes, and, and he, he mentions it, that there is will in all parts of, like, like the will exists in every single part of the, the human body. Yeah, I think he phrases, like, the consciousness exists in all parts of the body or something like that mm -hmm. at one point. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, to keep Dan invested in his experiments, he steals uh, Megan's heart from the hospital and around her heart basically builds a bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that was part of it. Cause like Dan, it, it, it became pretty clear. I think at the beginning that Dan is kind of like, Hey, like you're fucking around too much. Yeah. Like I, you need to like chill. And then I, I think it's almost kind of manipulative. West is like, Hey, like kind of plays on his emotions with this like uh like don't you want to bring meg back like i have like we oh can, yeah absolutely. Have heart. We can build around that it. trauma yeah um and like dan kind of like shows you that trauma because he's got a patient who is a you know a pretty blonde girl and mm -hmm. maybe like darkish blonde i don't know how hair color works yeah. um that he kind of gets attached to and is using as a surrogate for megan in his life yeah. Um, all the way up until the point where she passes naturally, and uh, her her head is taken and used <laughs> as the head of the bride. Yep. West cuts her head off and uh, brings it home in a cooler. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess we talk about in the midst of doing some of his nonsense with these creations. He, <laughs> we have the dog, who have is dog. um. The dog is killed by Lieutenant uh, Leslie Chapman, who had yeah, Chapman. found West and tried to to kill him. Yes, uh, but West uh, kills the lieutenant and then reanimates him. Reanimates him, uh, despite the fact that he doesn't have an arm anymore. I think at this point. Uh, yeah, I think in the middle of their fight, or maybe I think it's I think it's actually after he reanimates him. So he reanimates and then they continue to fight. Yeah, and Dan and then, cuts his arm off. That's what it is, right? Dan cuts his arm off, and then, like, it, he basically goes, like, I think he, like, carterizes it right then and there. Um, like, he, like, gets his arm chopped off, and I, th I remember, like, there being, like, the fire right there, and he, like, he, like, puts it in the fire and does something. Um, but, yeah, he basically, he hunts them down at the house. That was when, yeah, he, um, he basically... He gets killed. His arm gets chopped off. Uh, he yeah. goes running back upstairs from the basement. Yeah. Uh, and the dog is like barking Growling at, at him, him. Yeah. because he's approaching Francesca yeah. in a hostile sort of manner. And, and then he lifts the dog by the arm, by one of the, the arms, and swings him around until the arm rips off and the dog slings into the wall, splatters against the wall in, in typical reanimator fashion and, and falls down dead. A trope of the reanimator. <laughs> yes. Um, but then we have <laughs> Francesca absolutely traumatized by that. 
yes forgives dan very quickly i will say <laughs> yes that that was really funny to me she's just like yeah okay cool um but then we have west who takes the dog sees down the basement um leslie chapman's recently severed arm. severed arm and goes huh the dog's missing an arm dog. <laughs> there's an arm right here and <laughs> and that that scene i fucking cracked up so hard at the scene where francesca comes to the door sees the dog is like oh shit he's alive and she gets she gets so excited and the dog like she reaches out to pet him and the dog just like shakes her hand with this human hand i was yeah. like that that i was like that is the best way to like have have done that like the dog just like straight up just like like shakes yeah just absolutely insane yes um i loved it it's almost like a muppet bit like dog shaking hand with human hand yeah um no we we i mean we get other than that like i feel like we don't get I don't think it's really Wes doing too... He doesn't, like, have too many of his creations. His, like, weird... Like, he has, like, the little, like, finger eye thing. He has the dog. Does he really do... Arm connected to the foot. That's right. The arm connected to the foot. Which I thought it would have been funny. So, remember, like, starts choking him? Yeah. They miss a whole opportunity where, like, basically off of, like, the, the... The... where they're joined in the middle, just have the the foot as it's choking him kick back and just in the nuts. It's like perfect. I I was half expecting I was half expecting for it to happen. Well, I think because of the way they had to film it, right? Uh, yeah. You can't really do just like a full scene of the arm and foot together. No, exactly. Yeah. That's uh, a little a little too difficult there. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I think those were like the main three, but then at the end there, when uh, Hill comes back as <laughs> this, <laughs> what? Oh yeah. There... Meanwhile, uh, B plot. Uh, there's another yeah. doctor who has been experimenting with Hill's head because he has found a a, a vial of the serum that uh, West used to reanimate the dead. Now, he first tested this on a bat. Yeah, Doctor uh, uh, Doctor Graves is the other doctor. Yeah, Hill eventually gets enough of himself back to uh, take the undead body of Leslie Chapman Chapham under control, and then using Chapham sews bat wings onto his head <laughs> uh, and gets what, to what fly around for like the. End is there of not the movie. a name for that? Uh, I think it's that term we used before, amalgamation. I thought there was like a, um, like a creature or something from like D&D that has like... Um, yeah, a var, a vargul. A hideous, disgusting, and vile creature that is little more than a severed head with bat wings. Sorry, it's actually it says it's pronounced Vargwheels. Vargwheel, whatever. Vargwheel. It says it's a Vargwheel. It's Var- a swarming denizen of the lower plains, flying heads that uh, took to unlit skies searching for living victims to consume or infect. Yeah. So yeah, Vargwheel. 
that's basically what Dr. Hill becomes. Um, but then you have like, like you basically have the scene where like he finally emerges from the, um, the crypt as all this nonsense, like basically the bride. Well, we can get into that. So like, yeah, we come so back to plot A. Back to plot A. Um, our, our girl dies. What, whatever her name is. Not Francesca. The other one. Uh, Gloria. Gloria dies. They bring the head back. That's the final part they need for... Uh, yeah. Which I don't... The bride. It, I don't believe... It didn't sound too much like Dan was aware of how much West's work had progressed into like making this bride. I mean, he was there for most of it. Like, whenever he's installing the the pipes or... I don't know what you call them. When he's installing them bad pipes to carry the blood around from Megan's heart. Oh, uh, fair. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they bring the head. Uh, he asks for Dan's help to basically... Uh, it was almost like... I thought it was kind of cool. They do like, it's almost like a skin graft of like, it's like some random, it's like fabric. They soak in the, um, the reagent. Mm-hmm. The and then they use this together. Yeah. yeah. They use it to bind it, which I thought was kind of a cool touch of like, Hey, like this is how they're kind of going about this. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like they show you the process of it. It's not like it's the thing that happens off screen. Right. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, And then in very, as we talked about, it's very like kind of Bride of Frankenstein inspired. You have her rise during the storm. You know, there's thunder lightning. They don't necessarily use. No, they uh, don't use it because they don't need it. They're not harnessing the lightning because they have the, the, the but I thought it was a good touch to be like, oh, like kind of the storm going on in the background as like, yeah, she, she rises up. Um, and so yeah, she comes. She comes to life. Um, I thought it was kind of a an interesting, like you can see West get very like protective or jealous because she kind of latches onto Dan and like it, yeah. you feel like she wants to be with Dan, but then West is kind of like, "Hey, I made you." Yeah, I mean, the end of her character is her ripping her own heart out and giving it to Dan, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, like another facet of these first two movies is that you'll be watching this like almost cheesy horror movie and then there'll just be like an elevated uh, period of dialogue right or like an elevated monologue that Wes will deliver Um, so like that whole spiel where he's going about like where he got each part of the bride yeah oh these are the feet of a ballet dancer who will you know never be able to I uh, like talking about the hand of like a harpist or a pianist or yeah, uh, the one was like the hand of a lawyer, the other one was the hand of a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legs were a streetwalker. Like think about how many like people they've wrapped around or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just there's. There's a gravitas to that that makes you buy into the scene, right? Like makes you invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are like there are conversations like that in the first one too. Like some of the stuff about like the human will, um, things like that. 
-hmm. are these like very serious moments where like you you see what the actual theme of the movie is Mm -hmm. um but then that's also interesting because you see all of her like body parts kind of uh performing in the way they did in life to like try to get dan's attention right yeah so, like, oh yeah a scene where like her her leg like she has him like pinned up to the wall and she's basically caressing him with her leg where she's just a rig slide her leg is sliding up his yeah. side um yeah, uh, yeah that's I think like if you watch the hand that uh, they say is like a musician's hand, it has like a, a sort of like fluttery movement to it, mm-hmm. um, like a grace, you might say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kathleen Kinmont, who played Gloria, is the same person that plays the bride, obviously, because yeah. it's probably easiest to just use the person whose head you replaced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dead body. Yeah, I had that. I had that thought while I was watching. I was like, "Yeah, they definitely." I was like, "They, they definitely had to have used the same the same girl as as Gloria, because hard to replace a face." Yeah, nice boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, as in the first one, uh, they they aren't afraid to shy away from just ripping a shirt open. Francesca too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in all of them, all really, I think I feel like they just cast it based off of. The boobs. I mean, when we get to like, three, we can talk about how one of those pairs of boobs is one of Chris Hemsworth over, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because I mean, yeah, they definitely, I, I wouldn't say egregious, but they definitely, they weren't shying away from it. They were just like, hey, let's just throw, throw them in there. But uh, I mean, at the same time, they, you know, it, definitely the first one, I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily as much in this one but the first one they were definitely just like hey a bunch of naked dead people running around guys yeah. girls everyone um this one it wasn't they didn't have as much of that they were more so and i think a lot of the ones a lot of like the full-on like the still like not these amalgamations but these like just straight up like undead people were just kind of the ones that were left in the asylum from the original massacre um like leslie's wife um who is there along with him? Yeah, trying to bust down the doors of this house. And you got like a couple others, like the, the a couple other reanimated people joined in. I think they all kind of came from that same little asylum there in the hospital. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we get the whole the scene with the bride, and then all of a sudden you have the walls to uh, or West is busting down the walls to the crypt to try to escape because the reanimated. People are coming in through the door to the basement. He's busting down this this wall that leads to the crypt that they had discovered before. Uh, and then who comes in? Our own very own um, Doctor Hill flying well, he shows in. Up in a crate. That's right. That's right. He does shows first up show in up. A crate just the head. Yeah, he first shows up in the crate, and like he just flies out, and he's like kind of tormenting. Just West, being a but fucking menace. yeah, but then he he kind of disappears. You don't know where he went, and then yeah, when West busts down that wall, he like flies into there. He's like, "What's up?" And then he's got this like army of these other amalgamations, yeah, 
And so it's implied that Dr. Hill uh, can control the other undead. Yeah. Um, it seems very apparent with kind of how he used uh, our boy Leslie yeah. to do his bidding, sew the bat wings onto him and all this other nonsense. Yeah. I mean, you see that in the first movie too. And mm-hmm. they do... Uh, they do mention in the first movie that he's performed a uh, lobotomy kind of thing on a lot of the undead mm-hmm. in order to make them like more suggestible to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he does that with uh, he does that with Meg's dad. Yeah. Um, doctor, I can't remember what his name was. Uh, he, he, I don't think he was a doctor. I think he was the head of the school. Mm. So, principal, what's his name? <laughs> Uh, Dean Halsey. That's yeah. that's what it was. Dean Halsey. He's the dean. Um, some of those cr- creatures were pretty spooky. Yeah, I was gonna say they they definitely had some crazy amalgamations, just limbs and fucking heads put together. They have the um. This is where the one they have the one that's like uh, two heads, yeah, like back to back. That's like doing this weird like spinning thing. Yeah, it's the one that uh, I think it Francesca was, like, Francesca fights it off. Backwards crawling out of the fucking crypt or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, yeah, you have uh, you have them fighting it out. Uh, let's see, I think. The, the bride like ends up backing into or falling back into like a circuit breaker and gets yeah there's some electrical nonsense going on uh, yeah something like that happened but she ripped her heart out and then all of her body parts pulled themselves apart because yes. uh, if you want to make the argument that um, consciousness exists in every part of the being's body uh, she didn't want to exist anymore whenever her love for Dan was not reciprocated. So she rips her heart out, gives it to Dan and then pulls herself apart. Uh, which I mean, yeah, she, she does this on the, like, I believe she, she does not like the operating table. Right. Uh, as, yeah, as the, uh, the crypt and everything, uh, is like burning down and falling. Yeah. It's all, it's all collapsing on itself. And then, uh, we see, uh, Dr. West and all these creatures get buried under the rubble. Yeah. Oh, after he throws Dr. Hill's head against the wall. <laughs> yes, yes. He does throw Dr. Hill's head against the wall. Uh, which we talked about earlier. Um, yep. The crypt caves in. Uh, Dan and Francesca climb out. And uh, I think some cops show up. And that's like the end of the movie, basically. Yeah. Yep. That was it. Um I also enjoyed this one not as much. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 6.9. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Nice. I'll give it a 6.9 cuz you know, 69. All right, that brings us to the biggest letdown I've ever had. <laughs> We now move to Beyond Reanimator. All right, so... 2003. 89 or 90 was Bride of Reanimator. 
2003. Yeah. So we're now a full decade removed from number two. And And closing in on two decades from the first. Um, uh... (laughs) This one... Also, it was shot on digital. You can tell when you're watching it. Which yeah. is so frustrating. I I was gonna say it's so so it's funny. Um, I, I'm assuming because you watched it on Tubi, I watched it on Tubi, and yeah. you have like the sidebars. <laughs> it's like a box. It's just like a square versus yeah, like it was like shot for TV basically. Yeah. Um. Like okay, I, I can live with this. Um, <laughs> it's just direct not... to VHS nonsense. Is yeah, what this was. It's just not as good as the other two in any capacity. So the opening scene is you see this kid and uh, long story short, his sister gets killed by a, a zombie. A reanimated uh, corpse. And it turns out that he lives in the same neighborhood, basically, as uh, Dan and Herbert had been living. Mm-hmm. And one of the creatures that West had experimented on uh, got away from the crypt and uh, killed, murdered his sister. His sister, while all of the events in the crypt were going on. Uh, um, yeah. So the last thing he sees is West getting thrown into a police car and dropping a vial of his serum. <clears throat> Kid takes the serum and uh, cut to a prison. A uh, there's a, a doctor getting hired. He's gonna be the new prison doctor. It's gonna be prison doctor and, and what do you know and he happens to be well he's that kid and he's that kid and it's, it's the prison the, where west is he's there such a major revelation didn't expect it wow not at all not at all <laughs> caught me so off guard uh, also there's a girl who is a reporter who is trying to interview the warden of the prison and the warden of the prison is a uh, creep He's like Dr. Hill, but probably even worse. He's like Dr. Hill, but if Dr. Hill had no gravitas. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, yeah. this movie just goes downhill from there. Yeah. No. So, yeah, basically you get the, I feel like they tried to make this, they made this kid, this now doctor, this guy, he's the new Dan because Dan's not here. Yeah. I miss he's, Dan. I would argue that he's probably the main character of the movie. Like the movie no, ends he, with him. Yeah, and he definitely it, is. Like, ends on his, you know, finger quotes here, tragedy. Yeah. Um, he, he and I think fucking sucks, dude. He's the worst, just most wooden performance I've ever seen. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it's his performance is very uh, one-dimensional. Um, but yeah, I think I think. Unfortunately, it is his story because it, I think it, it plays into the fact that he comes to this revelation throughout this entire thing. He is working with Dr. West to make more serum and uh, they're continuing the research that West and Dan were doing. Um, but I think part of his story is this revelation that like, wait, you're the one who fucking killed my sister. Like, why am I doing this with you? Um, it, well, what's think, weird is like they don't f- 
frame it well at all. It's like, yeah, I know that no. it's your fault my sister died, and I want to learn how to bring the dead back to life because I want to make sure people don't die anymore. And you're like, yeah. what kind of mental fucking gymnastics did you yeah. do to get to that position? I feel like I feel like it would have been it would have been so much better for him to like I don't like just throw a twist in there where he's like not actually trying to like help West with his research like he's trying to like derail it or like do something or, like, or like to kill steal him. the research and like kill West right yeah would make more sense yeah um, uh, but yeah they kind of like immediately he, buddy buddy with him yeah which no, makes he is no immediately sense. immediately buddy buddy until the very end where he's like no uh fucking Laura no. was right you I you are the reason my sister died I yeah also Laura who is the reporter that I mentioned earlier is his love interest um, yes yeah and she is one of the major one of the major plots in here is her death at the hands of the warden the warden's yeah. death at the hands of uh West and then I, I did find we it interesting. The warden like is sexually assaulting her and then she yes. tries to run away and he kills he her. He kills her. He strangles her to death or yeah. I um, believe he strangles her. Yeah. Um so yeah, Warden's a piece of shit. He got what was coming to him. But I I, I did find it this was the, the most the most interesting point or or part of this movie of the trilogy is that like there is some progress made in what Wes is doing. And I thought, I, th I felt that was the most intriguing thing where he's doing this whole, like, uh, I don't, I don't remember the term they use, but basically like this little, the little canisters of electricity that are like, it, I don't know, soul plasm. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like a neuroplasm or something. I think this is the term they were using. Um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're basically, they're able to like, put this energy into the reanimated corpses to turn them more normal. But then he puts the warden's neuroplasm into Laura and he like basically like these two they're she both of their bad girl. Yeah, like both of the, it's like I guess it, it's both of their souls living in the same body or something. That's what I got, or something along, or, or there's like Dude, another entity. It's so unclear with like that, what's that's, going on. I was so confused because you had that, and I was like, okay, so like the warden's existing within her because like all of a sudden she starts like going but off the rails. The like, warden this. is still the warden. Right? Well, that, that's the thing is like there's this, this deep voice that are so like, okay, she's the warden, and then like he puts, uh, Wes puts the, it's like a rodent neuroplasm yeah, in the warden. Rat plasm into the warden and the warden is like still the warden but then like becomes more ratty right yes but yeah, like, like she a... just goes from like being herself to being mm -hmm. like an evil person yeah but they they are drawing they, they were like drawing these like weird like this weird connection between them because like there's like the scene that shot like the climactic scene where like the warden's in the electric chair and he gets like electrocuted and like you can like she's like fighting fucking uh howard i wanted to say dan she's fighting fucking howard and like he the warden gets electrocuted and it's like oh she almost comes back too because like there's some weird connection with his like hey, neuroplasm and all this shit i felt like um i don't know it was really fucking weird because like they, they have like those two and the rat like are all like shot in the scene where it's like flipping back back and forth between them. The other movies make a really 
good they do a really good job of like establishing the rules right mm -hmm. uh this one it feels like that gets thrown out the window yeah um it looks okay i'm just gonna like go on a fucking tirade here it looks cheap the acting is terrible it it's shot on digital so like the visual fidelity of the thing is bad um the plot is so poorly written um the effects are laughably like not even laughably they're just like disappointingly abysmal like that dude speedball i don't even know if they ever said his name but his character name is speedball yeah. uh he he takes two shots of the serum while he's still alive and just basically explodes and then he's like a talking yeah. skeleton and it's played as like a <laughs> joke but like I just was like groaning when I watched it. I was like, this is so yeah, fucking it stupid. Was, it was Honestly, the ridiculous. best plot line is Moses's plot line. Yes. Yeah. So, like, he, Moses he was... is a dude. He's a prisoner. He looks kind of fucking ghoulish, if I'm being honest. He's just like a tall, thin, pale guy who with a shaved yeah. bald head. You can see like all his veins and stuff. He's a very vascular guy. Um he dies pretty early on. He gets the serum. Uh, does he ever get a soul stuck back into him? Um, no. So they hit him with the serum. Um, yeah. So they hit him with the serum. He was like the first one. I think they inject with the serum. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you remember when the ward. So like, like the warden beats him to death. Yeah, because uh, Laura goes to see Moses to interview him, and she's not supposed to be there. And then the warden comes in. And um, he, he bites the warden's ear off. He yeah. bites the warden's ear off. The warden kills him. Death, and then yeah. she, she's like, I'll do whatever you want. I won't tell anyone. And he's like, suck my pee pee. And then. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll she know if you remember the. And then she tries to run away. Yeah. They never put like the, the plasm in him because um, if I remember correctly, um, that whole thing happens. And like, you think it's, you think it's Moses's body showing up, but it's actually Laura's body showing up to the, to the, the medical bay or whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, Moses attacked her and killed her and he's also dead. Um, or whatever. And then, like the warden goes to check it on them. And then the guard goes to check on Moses and he's like, like his body and he's gone. I don't know if you remember, he's in the, he's in the cell with, um, the one dude who has ratty and he's like, he grabs ratty and it's like, fucking puts ratty in his mouth. And it's like, <laughs> has ratty hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. There's that whole nonsense of that. And that's what like the guard comes in to like fucking. That's when that figure that nonsense out. That's when the riot starts. Yeah. Um, um but then yeah. like later on, he sees the one, uh, the nurse, the dark haired nurse. Is that Vanessa? I don't know. Um, and he's like, holy mother. Because this whole thing, like his character's name is Moses. And he's like, holy father, I've sinned. Please forgive me. And I'm like, he's saying this shit like constantly. And then he sees her. And like, I think he like rips her shirt open. And then he's like, he does, holy yeah. mother, forgive me. And then uh, they have this moment. And then he like bites her nipple off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was ridiculous. Also? Great tits. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I was convinced that they had hired like porn actors for this movie because yeah. they were just so fucking bad. Yeah. Um, A little egregious. 
yeah and then like he ends up getting like shot to death at the end of the movie by like i don't know swat i think yeah um, yeah the swat swat team shows up for the riot yeah uh the warden gets his dick bit off by Laura later on when she's a bad girl. And then mm-hmm. a rat like fucking wheels his dick around the prison and they make sure to show you like seven or eight scenes of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the dismembered dick that's just like hanging out. The rat's just chilling with it. Yeah. It's ridiculous it's like it runs off with it it brings it back you're like what the fuck man yeah because <laughs> yeah. So like it dumb. doesn't even look real it just it looks like a dildo with like the mm-hmm. fucking balls torn off yeah um, yep. a ridiculous yeah this movie was a big wet fart <laughs> yeah it's pretty fucking terrible God, I honestly have like nothing else to say about it. I hated it. Yeah. Um I'll give it a two. I was also gonna give it a two. Yeah. Like, if you really like the anime the reanimator stuff, maybe watch it just to like close the mm-hmm. the book on the on the thing. But like yeah, I think I give it a two solely because we we do get some progress on uh west's research yeah with the uh, neuroplasm bullshit it, it, it is like I, I don't even think it's like the fact like i think it's kind of that's kind of nonsensical but we at least i think the idea that west is constantly trying to improve and and finish yeah. His research. His character that. still feels pretty true to his character. It's just the fact that like this movie doesn't make good use of him. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a two for each pair of good boobs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> wow. So we've now moved from 5G cell phone signals making zombies to vaccines and 5g cell signals making zombies to just vaccines making zombies from dead people to now witches making dead soldiers uh undead soldiers stormtroopers yes um i should say before we fully move on here uh, i think chris gore from film threat will usually in his reviews be like there are boobs in this movie (laughs) (laughs) Um, unfortunately, no boobs in Ahsoka. No, there are none. That would get my attention. Yeah. As it is, I watch, I watched every one of these episodes, being just generally sort of, sort of disinterested. Um, yeah. So this week was the finale, the final E, the final E of Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. Episode eight. I want to say after credits, it was probably like thirty-eight minutes long. Um, here's a question, because mm-hmm. I got recommended an article like right before we started uh, recording, and it said Ahsoka after credits scene. 
I didn't see it. I didn't either. Fuck. Um, you want to do a live reaction to it? Yeah, I'll pull it up now. Uh, let's okay. see. Let me send you a link so we can watch the same one. You know, I could have just shared my screen thinking about it now. Um, here it is in general chat. Uh, hold on. Right. I have uh, paused and I video, have the very beginning of. This is video unavailable. Oh, oh, yeah, the link. oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay. Then tell me when you are paused at the beginning of the movie and, or movie video and I'll uh, three, two, one, go us. All right. I'm at zero, 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 three zeros. All right. So this is two minutes. Uh, shouldn't be very long. We're just going to, if Live I have react. thoughts while it's going, I'm going to say them. Me and too. we're not pausing. So three, right. two, one, go. Okay. All right. So standard credit so far. Executive producers, John Favreau. I'm pretty sure this is just credits. That's what I'm thinking, man. Oh, I, I, I literally, I, I scanned through like to look at the little thing. It's just credits. Someone, someone's fucking playing us right now. Wow. Okay. So I guess the news there is that I've been played. We've yeah, we've been played. Nonsense. Um, All right, hold on. Let me. I'll I'll check to make sure for sure. Yeah. Um, I I have Disney Plus pulled up right now. I'll just keep talking about it. So. Um. Yeah. There's none. So the. How do I feel about this? This. I feel... Go ahead. You go. Uh, this episode. I thought was okay. Although at the same time, I feel like we watched a series, we watched the final episode of the series, and it really accomplished absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. The things I liked about this episode were, I think, and I, I think I complained about this before in previous episodes. I felt like the choreography and the lightsaber. The, the saber play were better not I but think I think they were better because the dude who plays Ezra looked really good while he was doing it it's funny you say that because I was about to say I still feel like Rosario Dawson or her stunt double or whoever is doing the, the saber play for Ahsoka is fucking terrible at it I also think yeah she looks clunky and slow she looks clunky and slow and I hate Again, I hate the reverse grip. And I thought it was funny. I think the only time she uses reverse grip in there is when she's fighting um, Morgan mm -hmm. with the Icar Saber, the uh, fucking uh, Tazen. Is it Talzin? Sort of Talzin, I think is what it's called. Um, they're is that fighting. what it's called? I don't fucking remember. Isn't Talzin the freaking mother, the great mother, whatever, from 
from the Clone Wars show? Um, yeah, apparently this sword has come up before. Mother Talzin. So it, it's yeah, come so up... she's like the Mother Talzin. She's the character that shows up in Clone Wars. Yeah, she fought Mace Windu. She was 7.3 feet tall. Oh. But yeah, apparently None this... these Dathomirians. This blade... That's the blade. Blade of Talzin. This blade was used to fight Mace Windu before. Um, but no, the only time she uses the reverse grip fighting style is when she's fighting Morgan with this blade and she almost immediately just gets knocked the fuck down. I go, you know what? Honestly... I'll take it because we talked about how stupid it looks and how ineffective it is. And they pretty much just like the one time she uses it, I felt like in this episode, she immediately gets knocked the fuck down. And I'm like, yeah, because it's a shitty fucking fighting style. It's not effective. Yeah. Um, but no, so uh, Ezra's, Ezra, I felt like now that they're actually having him use a fucking saber instead of just double-handed force pushing every fucking night trooper over um, or bandit or whatever. Um, now they have him using a saber. He looked good and fluid and fast. Sabine, I didn't think looked terrible, but I did like, I feel like that's kind of on par for her character. Like her character is still training more so. And she, she it's very clear. Like she's going to be a little bit clunkier and it, it's almost kind of like, okay, yeah, she is, she's not as good. And so like, she kind of has to like use the, the blaster in conjunction with the saber. So I didn't I didn't have issue with Sabine or Ezra. Ahsoka just looked fucking slow, clunky, and terrible with the sabers. Yeah. So yeah, that was like the one thing I actually did like about this. I felt like the choreography and the, the saber play was better. Um, but other than that, it just felt very... For a finale, a climactic finale, it felt somewhat anticlimactic. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and how did you feel about the undead stormtroopers? Eh. Eh. Because um, I think anyone who hasn't watched Clone Wars and don't know that the Dathomir witches like pretty regularly raise the dead with this like green magic crap that they have. Yeah. Like if you're a guy who's only ever watched the movies and now you're like watching the shows, I think you would see this and be like, what kind of cheesy ass shit is this? Yeah. I didn't take too much issue with it. I thought it was kind of an interesting concept. Um, I just want to be clear. Do we know what their cargo is on the, the, uh, no, no, it's never told us what their cargo is. I mean, I feel like I, I know what it is. I don't know if you feel like you know what it is. I, what I almost, do you think it is? Because I made the joke last week, like, oh, I wonder if it's stuff so that the Dathomir witches can make a bunch of undead stormtroopers. I, I was going to say, it looks like coffins. Yeah. It looks it like looks it looks like, like it. it's a whole bunch of coffins. It's just like all the other dead troopers that they had on the planet, like all the rest of their, you know, the the fleet or unit or whatever that died. And they just threw them in coffins. And now they've got them stored on there. And basically, they're going to fly back. I, I'm assuming this is probably going to be some of the plot of the movie that we're getting uh what is it called the uh heir to the empire or whatever and the he took he took these witches and all this cargo which we can assume are coffins and the witches are gonna raise all these fucking stormtroopers from the dead i can't even imagine what people who have 
not watch these shows or not watched um, the animated stuff are going to think if that is the actual plot of a theatrical release Star Wars movie. Because they're going to be yeah. like, zombies? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Yeah. You thought a zombie Star Wars movie was good in fucking 2026 or whenever this is supposed to come out? Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. Without really, uh, without really trying, all of our content today has basically been about undead and zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's October. It's I guess spooky season. Just kind of uh, that. That's that that's what Star Wars said. Star Wars said, "Hey, we're ringing in spooky season with fucking undead." They timed it perfectly. They were like, "Yeah, the only episode of Ahsoka to drop in October, zombies." And then it's like really on the nose too because they come across those two death troopers. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you notice that there's actually a dismemberment? Um, yeah, the head. Off screen, they cut the head off of one of the. Yeah, death I did troopers. think that. I did think that was kind of lame that they like had to like have like, it have it where they. The they, beheading like, happens in the in the body. The body like happens. backs yeah. up. Yeah, and it just falls. Over. I was like, "Come on, just show it." You don't That's, have to be I like, don't, like. Is that to get around censorship so that they don't have to like age restrict the show or something so like kids can watch it? Is that what probably, they're doing? I don't know. Probably. Because uh, like, they don't have to age restrict the movies, do they? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I I don't get it, man. I don't get, like, because people will quote, like, George Lucas and be like, yeah, Star Wars is for kids. But, like, it's a fucking zombie, man. Like, yeah, cut their arms off and have them keep going, man. Yeah. Hey, I, after watching this, I just have to say, earlier before, I think I talked about how, like, the the Force's female was kind of being, like, shoved on us with this. That seemed more apparent. I just want to say, like, I feel like they kind of walked that back so much for the forces female basically the only thing that this entire series culminated in is your three main female characters you stranded on a planet out in the middle of fucking nowhere yeah and the one dude that came about that they were trying to rescue like the two dudes thrawn thrawn which the our our villains were trying to rescue and ezra who our heroes were trying to rescue they got to go the fuck back to civilization yeah so so much for the forces female. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, you fucked up. Yep. I I really have no freaking clue what they're going to do. Because, no. I mean, if they do what the other Disney Plus shows have done, they're going to end up fixing this in a season of Mandalorian. Um, yeah. Um, well, that was... So, I don't know what the timeline looks like for other Star Wars shows and then this movie. Because my thought was like, okay, we're going to have this fucking movie come out. And like, th- I don't know. So, the know. next thing coming out is supposed to be Skeleton Crew. And I don't know when that's supposed to start releasing. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's Acolyte. Uh, fair. Because I don't think the next season of Mandalorian is supposed to come out until like, if not late next year, then like early the year after that. Yeah. I I don't I I I can tell you I bet what they're gonna do 
in typical Disney fashion, like what they did with Marvel, is they're gonna have like these other series that are coming out very soon. Cause like now we have like so like we have Thrawn, he's our big villain, he's like our Thanos. And we're gonna have all these other characters, like random characters introducing these other shows. And it's gonna culminate in all of them coming together to team up against Thrawn, heir to the Empire, and his undead fucking legions of stormtroopers. So like, I don't know. We're gonna have like Ahsoka and Sabine get fucking rescued from this planet and come back for the movie. And any of these other characters. Oh, I'm tired of it. Tired of Disney. I I just I, I don't know. I don't see like a good way out of this for them. Um, straight up, I don't think you can make a movie out of zombie stormtroopers. Uh, people will not be happy with that. No, um, I think it's stupid. Especially with characters that they're not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, and I think the argument for that, like, this show, after its first week, fell off of the, like, fell off of the ratings. Because um, mm-hmm. I think Samba TV was the one that was, like, the only people that put their numbers out. Mm-hmm. And, like, for the first two episodes, uh, the viewership fell off by, like, 30% from episode 1 to episode 2 and on top of that episode 1 only got like 1.2 million views for its yeah. first week uh, I struggle to think of anyone else other than like us and like I don't know professional reviewers who have actually kept up with this show um, the numbers are bad people aren't watching it uh the reviews aren't good the only rewards it's winning are these like fake fucking rewards that people make for things just to like say that a show has won awards like apparently the show got a perfect score for the uh the Bechdel test or whatever um so it's a, a perfectly feminist show that got abysmal ratings that's not gonna look good for feminism um maybe make a good show where you meet those criteria if you really want to do that um on top of it you've got a villain that is uh has not shown any competency whatsoever uh thrawn does nothing I, i was gonna say it felt like thrawn was like oh shit these Jedi or whatever are like causing a problem. Send two fucking TIE fighters out after them. Send these fucking bandits on fucking uh, pseudo wargs after them. I, I don't know. That's the other thing. Like, you mean to tell me your your spaceship doesn't have a scope that can pick up two TIE fighters coming in? Yeah. Like, it, the whole show relies on contrivance. And then for like a third of the conflict of this episode to be like, oh no, the ship's gonna fall on the little turtle people yeah. and then she like blasts off and just like fucking slams the ship into the two TIE fighters and you're like that's how you solve that yeah why didn't you just I don't know dude like you could just down the ship like, yeah again yeah, it was... it's just like contrivance after contrivance after contrivance uh, Sabine can use the force now because we need her to use the force yeah it just—it's well, and, and I was gonna say it's like that was one thing I, I noticed is like oh they're like riding in and her and fucking Ezra are working together to open this fucking gate, 
And then she gets up there and she's fighting and, and like, okay, you pretty easily use the force to open this big ass fucking door to this tower. And then you get up there and you can barely fucking force pull your lightsaber to you. Like, I, I feel like there's no consistency with her like force use. They're just like, yeah, she can, she can work with Ezra to open up something super heavy and she can barely, barely pull just a fucking saber to her. Yeah. And then like she throws Ezra onto the other ship. Yeah, she very easily just fucking force pushes him to the ship. I don't know. Um, I mean, straight up, I just don't like any of the choices they've made for her character this season. Or in nah. the show, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's bad. It's a contrivance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overall, this, this show was a lot of flash and accomplished nothing. Yeah, straight up. I mean nothing like uh Ahsoka being a character I didn't really care a ton for going into this I don't feel like I like her any more than when it started and like if anything I feel like this is a dry reproduction of her uh Rosario yeah. Dawson just straight up doesn't have Eckstein's charisma in the voice of the character no. um like the most interesting thing about the show for me was Balin and Hades relationship and we don't get enough of that for it to feel meaningful and like they, the whole I mean... show in general has like a lack of meaning yeah, they're, I mean, their characters are, like, pretty much completely absent in the finale. Yeah. Um, we just get them kind of, like, at the end, like, staring, like, we got Balin staring off at some mountains, and we got uh, Shin fucking coming up to the bandits with her fucking saber held up. Yeah. And, like, if you're paying attention, the statues that he's standing on, the carvings or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, they are the it's like the embodiment of the force that comes up in uh one of those episodes of the clone wars yeah um yeah do you know do you know what i thought about the other day i just thought about it's like everyone's going on like oh yeah balin's like hearing voices or like hearing something and people are like trying to like uh they're trying to theorize what it is I was thinking yeah. about it, and I was like, "What could it not just be the fucking Emperor calling to him? Uh, I feel like that's like the most... I really don't know. I feel like that's the easiest, most Disney-fied explanation for it. Yeah. Um... I don't know, because they, they have those statues, and that's a callback to the Clone Wars show. Yeah. Where they meet, like, the, the three embodiments of the Force, like the father, son, and daughter, or whatever, and, like, the son's the dark side, and the daughter's the light side, and the father's, father's like, a, a completion, you know, or, like, a holistic view of the Force or some some shit. Um, So I feel like this is going to be either them him going to meet with them and then like Ahsoka and Haiti and Sabine show up at some point um that's all I can really think that it would be yeah uh either way this was a whole lot of nothing and I don't know that I really care to watch more Star Wars series Unless they make some changes. Yeah. 
So that's all I got on that. Yeah, I think the way that they've like completely divorced themselves from the uh, the ideas and themes that the original trilogy and even the prequels um, kind of put forward, I I think that they've got lost in the sauce. Yeah really disappointing man because those movies have so much meaning in them and you watch this and it's completely empty and whenever you think about how this is a show that was made on a budget of approximately 250 million dollars and you're like yeah you mean to tell me (laughs) you mean to tell me that with 250 million dollars you couldn't make eight hour long episodes where like you actually get time to flesh out the characters and uh, do I, I like, was about to say storylines uh, one the one piece live action uh, had half the budget like I think it was I think their budget was 144 million which is still a, a sizable amount but I mean they had eight hour long full hour long episodes and yeah. I mean they I mean they do a lot of I, I, I guess the one thing and a lot of people did like this with it is they saved on the CGI by doing a lot of practical effects with like the costuming and stuff uh, for certain things. But either way, like they had massive sets um, that they were using, like with the ships. Like the f- they built full on built these ships out, these sets. So, but yeah. still, eight hour long episodes. How can you not do that with double the budget? Yeah. And on top of that, the episode times are so inconsistent that you're like, like, how do you have full filler episodes in an eight episode show? Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. The point of making a premium show, like a a limited run show, is that you don't have any filler. Like, look at House of the Dragon. Every single one of those episodes matters. If even One Piece, I bet, I haven't watched it, but every single episode matters for the story that you're telling. What's. You could um, completely cut off the first three episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. And it would probably be a, like a more enjoyable experience. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things like they didn't, One Piece has no filler. Like they just, it's straight up like action or actual important shit through the entire series. Instead of being like, oh yeah, let's just have like this random nonsense fucking filler to fill some time. Instead of just cutting down, cutting out the filler, condensing it, just making a movie out of it. Yep. I do not get it. I mean, I think I said way earlier, I was like, it feels like they had a movie and they stuck a bunch of filler in it to pad the time to be an eight-episode show. (laughs) And I also don't get why they're spending the budgets on these shows that they are and only making, like, 38-minute episodes, which, after the credits get cut out, like, 30-minute episodes. You're making four hours of television for... Yeah. Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. That's it's... insane, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm currently trying to look up um, if we have like a full, a full runtime. But I can't find the. So I'm really curious as to like what the full complete runtime of the series is or the season. Oh well. I'd have to like look it up by individual episodes and add it all up. That's too much work. 
Yeah. Cause either way, you could have condensed it. This episode is like 58 minutes and their shortest episode is yeah. I think 32 minutes. It said. Yeah. And consider that like all of these episodes have about eight minutes of credits, 37 minutes. Yeah. Well, it's like you have the, pre- you have the, the preview or like the, uh, like the recap yeah. you have the intro and then you have, yeah, yeah you have, I, I believe probably four or five minutes of credits. Well, maybe not that much. Cause it, we, we have the, the two minute long credits for this, this one, but either way, like it's just bad TV. Yeah. That's it. Uh, well, um, score out of 10 for uh, Ahsoka. It's not like unwatchable is the thing. I'll give it a four. It's not unwatchable, but at the same time, I'm not going to recommend it. It's yeah. kind of a waste of time. But like, there are some good aspects to it. I'll give it a four. I- I'll give, I'll give it a four and a half. Hmm. Well, as I've said before, five is my lowest rung on recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recommend this show to people. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. Um, straight up, I don't like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Beyond Reanimator might be that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely Future World. Or yeah, true. Um, but like, it doesn't capitalize on the good ideas it has, right? It yeah. has good ideas in it, and it does not capitalize on them. Yeah. And that's my major issue with the show, is that you have expectations for things whenever you go into them. And I've mentioned this with like Stargate SG One, right? Uh, the show is a serialized TV show and yet every single episode makes me want to watch the next episode despite the fact that every like 45 minute episode is a full plot and you mean to tell me that people could make a serialized TV show back in the in the dark ages in the 90s before we had feminism or diversity and you can make a show about like exploring cultures and exploring uh, feminist themes and exploring like science and how it can like help or hurt society. And yet, in a premium show with a budget of two hundred and fifty million dollars in today's enlightened society, we can't make a show that even entertains people. Yeah, it's not worth watching. It's nope. a three. Um, if you're like the most diehard of diehard Star Wars fans and you've watched every single show, you'll probably watch this and be like, well, that was more cud to chew on, I guess. On yeah. to the next mouthful. Yeah, that's pretty much what we're getting at this point. The Teletubby sludge machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Big disappointment. However, next week, I'm excited for next week. Because Scott requested that we watch The Evil Dead. We are watching. Um, I'm going to be honest. I've already pre-gamed. I watched the entire first season of Ash vs. Evil Dead already. Oh, shit. Uh, God, I fucking love that show. Um, So, yeah, I don't think we're going to go into the show unless you get around to watching all three of those movies and the show. 
Uh, but for sure, we're going to be talking Evil Dead next week. And I think we're going to have a guest for it. Potentially. Um, potentially. potentially. Um, if he stops being a flaky little guy. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to figure out, now that Ahsoka's done, we'll have to figure out something else to fill the, the back slot on there. I mean, honestly, we can just watch through the Ash vs. Evil Dead this this uh, month. Yeah. Because it's not a particularly long show. I think the first season's 10 episodes, and they're only like 30 minutes each. Yeah. I might try to, I might try to watch through those. I am very excited for this. Yeah, I'm down. Well, yeah. Next week, Evil Dead. A whole lot of Evil Dead. Yep. And for anyone listening to know, the three we're going to be watching are Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and then Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, brings us to the end of the show. Uh, Shelly's yeah. just standing over me right now. Oh. oh. Uh... If we made it this far, thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh. What? Without her? Wow. Yeah, of course without her. She goes to bed at like 9 o'clock. Shoot. And then Daddy has to stay out with the baby puppy until like 3 a.m. Shit. That's, that's real, real hours real business hours there real business hours uh but yeah anyway this far thanks for listening uh as always audio music background music is from carl casey at white bat audio look at his sounds he's got good sounds uh subscribe to our patreon we have different tiers uh, also, if you subscribe to the Patreon and we get to the point where we don't know what we want to do next week, uh, we will eventually have polls for what people want to listen to for us to watch. Nice. Uh, so that is Take on that. the menu. Give uh, us follow at give us follow on the X slash Twitter app at Bad Pipes Pod. And uh, I think eventually we're gonna get a Discord up. So. If you want to be one of the boys and hang with the boys, we can boys it out. Hell yeah. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. Drink your water, eat your veggies. Good night.